Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Catch Up and Shoot. Today is Sunday, September 16th. Uh, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view actually just ended as I'm uh, recording this. It's a pretty good show. Um, before we get into that, hope everybody's enjoying the show as always. Hope you're checking us out on YouTube, Podbean, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any place you find your podcast. Just search Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Um, also, make sure you're following on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Again, just search Catch, Hook, Shoot. You should be able to find us. And uh, if you ever want to shoot me an email, you have any questions, comments, anything you'd like to hear me talk about on the show, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. And uh, I don't think I mention this very often, but my name is Tom. I am the, the creator and the host of the show here. So, uh, like I said, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view just ended. Uh, pretty good show overall. Um, a lot of... Lot of Really good matches on this uh, on this pay per view, I thought. Um, so, just gonna kind of go through the results here. Uh, on the kickoff show, we had the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, uh, Rusev Day challenging uh, the New Day. I actually didn't get to see all of this match. I didn't. Uh, I forgot that the show was starting earlier now, so uh, I wasn't uh, wasn't home for the very beginning of it. But the New Day did retain uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. And then on the uh, the main card. Of course, we had uh, Dana Bryan and Brie Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Um, it, I mean, for what it was, it was decent. I mean, mixed tag team matches are, are typically not, you know, wrestling clinics for the most part. But uh, the, the storyline between The Miz and Maurice and uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, I think, has been, has been a good one thus far. I mean, putting Bryan into a program with The Miz uh, was definitely... You know, a good call by WWE. There's a lot of history there, and uh, you know, the two of them always put on just stellar matches. Um, so uh, the Miz and Maurice came out on top in this one. I'm sure this storyline is going to advance further, especially with the uh, uh, the All Women's Pay-Per-View Evolution coming up. Wouldn't be surprised to see Brie versus Maurice in a one-on-one match there, maybe with some type of stipulation. Who knows? Um, moving on to the uh, First Hell in a Cell match, actually the first first match on the main card, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Uh, this one was just a great way to kick off the show. Um, you know, really violent, brutal match. Uh, you know, Randy Orton uh, went after Jeff Hardy's uh, his uh, his ear piercing, uh, his ear gauge again. Uh, this time with a screwdriver, just really really kind of hard to watch at points. But uh, you know, there, there was some bloodshed in this one. Obviously. Uh, you know, it was the all done the uh, the hard way. Nobody bladed or anything. Uh, Jeff took a ridiculous fall from the top of the cage through a table, uh, trying to hit Randy Orton, but uh, Orton moved out of the way at the last minute, and Hardy just went face first through the table. Uh, had the EMTs come out, took him out on a stretcher. Um, they were given medical updates throughout the show. I'm hoping, hopefully, that's all uh, you know storyline. He's not not really injured. Um, but yeah, definitely very entertaining way to open up the show. Randy Orton did come out on top in that one. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, Becky Lynch took this one over Charlotte Flair. There had been rumors of a double turn happening in this match, uh, with Becky going back to being a babyface and Charlotte uh, turning heel. That didn't happen. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's probably a little too soon to try to turn Becky back to babyface, even though the fans really are not 
taking her as a heel. I mean, she's still getting cheered, um, you know, but I think, you know, if they would have gone with the double turn, I think it would have worked because I think Charlotte is a more natural heel, uh, just like her father, you know, um, I mean, it's not that she's a bad baby face. She's just being healed just seems more natural for her. Like I said, the same way it did for uh, for Ric Flair. But Becky Lynch did come out on top in this one. Charlotte tried to be the good good sportsman and raise her hand, shake her hand after the match, and Becky wasn't having any of it. She just kind of turned her back on her and walked out. So I'm sure this one is not over with by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm just curious to see where they're going to go with it because, as I've said uh couple times on on the show over the past few weeks you know there are rumors going around that they are going to be setting up the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match that uh the people have been clamoring for um the original rumor that i read was that this was supposed to happen for survivor series <clears throat> but i don't uh, don't think there's enough time to really set that up right so i think it may be a little bit slower build you may see the seeds of it being planted at the all women's pay-per-view coming up next month and then you may see it play out more towards like royal rumble or maybe even not till next wrestlemania i guess it really depends on when uh, they feel that the last two mma horsewomen who are now in nxt uh i guess it's when the higher-ups feel they're they're ready for tv and to be pushed to that uh, into that spotlight so we'll have to see how that one plays out uh for the raw tag team titles we had uh, Rollins and Ambrose against Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Uh, Ziggler and McIntyre retained the titles. This was pretty much what, what I would say was the match of the night. This one is the one that stole the show. I mean, these four guys pretty much can do no wrong in the ring. I mean, these are four of the top guys as far as in-ring performers go. These are four of the best in WWE, and they definitely did not disappoint tonight. I'm sure it's not the end of that storyline either. For the WWE Championship, you had AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Uh, this one <clears throat> ended in, with a little bit of controversy. There was, uh, again, some bloodshed in this one. Uh, AJ did pick up the victory. However, as he was pinning Joe, uh, Joe had him had AJ in the Coquina Clutch. Uh, but AJ managed to roll over on top of Joe and get the pinfall. But in the process of doing that, as the referee was making the three count, AJ did tap out. So... Uh, obviously, this one's far from over with. Uh, they actually announced during the show, Paige made the made the match for the Super Showdown coming up in Australia. Uh, AJ versus Joe, no DQ, no countout. There must be a winner. So that, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, another match with these two can only be a good thing. Um, now, for the Raw Women's Championship, we had Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss. Um, Kind of, I mean, you know, good match. Ronda Rousey did a great job of selling the uh, the rib injury that she has. Uh, I like the way that they're, you know, making Ronda look uh, not not so indestructible. I mean, they're they're not doing anything to diminish her toughness, but they're they're letting people see she can be hurt, she can be injured. You know, she's not some indestructible machine like Brock Lesnar. You know, they pushed Brock as just you know nobody could touch him. And, and things like that and you know they're not doing that with Ronda and I, I think that's good because it, it'll allow you know uh, it'll allow her to lose quite frankly at some point because I mean she's not going to be champion until she retires it just doesn't that just doesn't happen anymore but uh, yeah she did you know great job selling the injury uh, and you know again just uh, just like at SummerSlam she came out on top with the arm bar on Alexa um, just overall a good good solid women's match uh, and then the main event of the show for the Universal Championship was another Hell in a Cell match with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. 
Um, yeah, pretty much like any other match with these two. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. These these guys have put on some great matches in the past. Today was no different. Uh, you had the uh, Mick Foley as the special referee in this one. You had uh, run-ins from uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, as well as uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. All four of them fighting up on top of the cell. You had uh, Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler both take a uh, bump through the announce tables falling off of the uh, the side of the hell in the cell i'd say they probably dropped about 10 12 feet you know it wasn't from wasn't from the roof thankfully i don't think that's something they're going to be doing on a regular basis but uh, uh and then at the end of the match uh there there was a rumor going around that brock lesnar was in the building tonight obviously he was because he came out at the end of the match kicked the door off of the cell and just proceeded to beat down both uh, Strowman and and Roman Reigns, uh, Paul Heyman, uh, Mace McFoley to kind of get him out of the equation, and so basically the match ended in no contest. Um, yeah, pretty much what what I expected from that one. Uh, I didn't expect to see a title change right now, uh, so I'm sure this storyline is going to continue. Strowman, I'm sure, is going to have a whole lot to say about this tomorrow night on Raw. Uh, how he kind of got screwed out of his uh, his cash in because this is what it was it was his cash in for his money in the bank and Brock Lesnar kind of screwed him out of it so you may see uh, storyline develop between Strowman and Brock but then again who knows how how much Brock's going to be around because uh, he's supposedly training for his uh, return to the UFC so not not really sure where they're going to go with this one or why why they felt the need to involve Brock in it rather than just um, you know, having having a clean finish to the match, but not every not every match has to have a clean finish, as as I've heard Jr. say numerous times. So what whatever the plan is, I'm sure this was uh, done to advance advance the story. So we'll just have to see how how it plays out. Uh, but like I said, overall, I think it was a decent pay per view. Um, I don't don't have any complaints about it. Uh, the the red cell kind of threw me for a loop. I mean, it was uh, definitely different when I first heard about it. I thought it might make it kind of hard to watch. I thought it might make it hard to see the guys in the ring, uh, either on TV or in person, but uh, that wasn't the case. It uh, it kind of gave it the appearance that it was like plastic or, or something like that. I mean, obviously it wasn't. If it was, you know, if it was a plastic cage, I don't think it would have taken the guys walking around on top of it and things like that. Uh, it was probably just like a plastic coating over the, uh, the chain link. And you know maybe it was done for aesthetic purposes, maybe it was done for safety purposes, so that it doesn't uh, doesn't cut the wrestler so easy if it's got the the coating over it, uh, whatever the case may be. I mean it was definitely different. Uh, I thought it actually looked pretty cool on TV. So uh, yeah, I, I wasn't wasn't 100 percent sure about it, but after seeing the pay per view, I think it was I think it was pretty cool. So uh, yeah, definitely gotta keep keep an eye on Raw and SmackDown this week to see how these storylines are gonna play out. Uh, of course, on Raw they've been pl really playing up the uh, Triple H and Undertaker angle. I uh, had Triple H come out last week and basically calling out the Undertaker. Uh, and the Undertaker is supposed to be making an appearance this week, so this they're really really pushing this one hard for uh, for Super Showdown in a few weeks. Um, I mean, it's Triple H and the Undertaker. That's, I don't think it's possible for them to put on a bad match with the, with those two guys in there. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to this one. Uh, and uh, another note from Raw, Renee Young is now the uh, permanent color commentator for Raw. She replaced Coach, which I am I have no problem with. I actually like it. I'm not a huge fan of uh, 
coach's commentary, so he's been moved to the uh, the kickoff sh- kickoff show panels for pay per views now. And Renee's going to be a permanent fixture on Raw, which I think I think it's awesome. I mean, she's you know been with the company a really long time. She's definitely earned her spot, I would say. And uh, the first full time female commentator in the history of WWE, uh, you know, can't. I mean, I have nothing, nothing negative to say about it at all. And I think, you know, I think it, I've seen people complaining about her commentary. That all she does is the oohs and ahs and stuff like that. And, you know, she's she's still learning. I mean, yes, yeah, she's been with WWE for a long time, but she spent a majority of that time as an interviewer. Uh, she did a little bit of commentary with NXT, but, you know, she has not been a full-time commentator before. So, she, you know, she's still getting her feet wet, still learning the ropes. And, I mean, with a three-person commentary booth, it's it's got to, you know, I'm sure that presents its own set of challenges in and of itself, just having three people, try, you know, basically sharing the microphone. So, but... Uh, you know, I, I definitely think she she's gonna find her find her groove pretty quickly, and I see no reason why she wouldn't uh, wouldn't turn into to uh, a really good commentator for Monday Night Raw. Uh, another interesting note on Raw: the authors of Pain, of course, have a new manager in Drake Maverick, and they seem to be uh, building them and pushing them kind of the same way they did Braun Strowman when he first branched out on his own when they broke up the uh, broke him away from the Wyatt family just by feeding him uh, uh, enhancement talent and, you know, having him in squash matches and things like that. They're doing exactly the same thing with the Authors of Pain right now. And uh, I I can see them pushing them kind of in the same direction, uh, just kind of feeding them team after team after team for a few months and uh, just pushing them right to the the top of the tag team division, which I think is needed right now. You know, the uh, WWE has kind of gotten away from tag team wrestling, I guess, in the last few months to a year. You know, it hasn't been so much emphasis put on um, all the great tag, team, tag teams that they have, which they do have quite a few. Uh, but if you look at the uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions right now, it was kind of a team that was just kind of thrown together uh, at, at some point. So, you know, it'll be nice to see a, uh, uh, a legit full-time tag team get, get pushed up to, to the top of the ladder, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, one last note from Rob. Bobby, we saw Bobby Lashley last week get approached by Leo Rush. Uh, apparently, WWE is going to start start using more managers, um, according to the rumors anyway. And it looks like Leo Rush is making a push to be, uh, to be Bobby Lashley's new manager or hype man or whatever you want to call him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Leo Rush. He does great in-ring in work. I... Not so sure about using him as a manager. I mean, the, the guy is a phenomenal athlete. He's a great wrestler. Um, you know, if anybody watches 205 Live, which I, I really hope you do, uh, he's spectacular. He's one of the best guys on the show, and that's saying a lot. But I like the idea of using more managers. I don't think there's enough managers anymore. I mean, really, the only one out there is Paul Heyman. And that's that's really about it. And now uh, Drake Maverick with the Authors of Pain. And it looks like we're going to be seeing Leo Rush managing somebody, if if not Bobby Lashley. I'm sure he'll end up with uh, somebody against Bobby Lashley. So we'll see how, how that one plays out. Uh, another note before I get into SmackDown here. It looks like uh, Matt Hardy officially announced his retirement. Uh, he basically said he's fulfilled all of his uh, house show commitments and everything and it's uh, time for him to go home and be 
be a husband and a father to his family. So, uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, if he is officially retired, hopefully he still, you know, remains with WWE in some capacity and creative or something along those lines. Because it would definitely, he would definitely be a, uh, a great addition to their creative team. And another interesting note, William Regal apparently was at uh, a Pro Wrestling Gorilla event over the weekend. Um, I would venture to say probably doing some scouting. Of course, uh, NXT has uh, has gotten in the, uh, I don't want to say the habit, but they've really kind of been keeping their ear to the ground as far as who the top people in the indies are and signing some really, really great independent talent and bringing them up through the ranks of NXT and eventually up to the... Uh, uh, either Raw or SmackDown, so we'll have to see. It could be uh, seeing some new new faces in NXT sometime soon, hopefully. Uh, moving on to SmackDown. Uh, yeah, the uh, really the only news I've got for SmackDown right now is uh, Andrade Cien almost seems like he's in line for a pretty good push. Apparently Vince McMahon, according to the rumors, is very, very high on, on Almas. And so we're probably going to continue seeing him pushed up the, the ladder on SmackDown. He's had some great matches uh, the last few weeks, uh, defeated R-Truth this past week. So, uh, again, kind of like AOP, I think we're going to see it almost just kind of keep getting pushed higher and higher on the, the SmackDown ladder. And eventually, I would say uh, whoever the WWE champion ends up being, whether it's Samoa Joe or AJ Styles, will probably at some point down the line we'll see a uh, uh, pretty good rivalry with Andrade Cien Almas. So, so either either one of those I think would be entertaining. So I'm um, I'm definitely excited to see that. Um, NXT this past week the main event was Nikki Cross and uh, Bianca Belair ended in a double countout. So Bianca Belair keeps her undefeated streak alive, and uh, Nikki Cross still came out looking strong and crazy as usual um she i would say right now is um, if not the top female wrestler in nxt she's definitely my favorite i'm talking about nikki cross um bianca belair is fantastic so i think the rivalry with these two is is good and it's just just getting started um shana baszler had a match with with an enhancement talent and it was basically just a squash match um just to kind of keep her looking strong, show, you know, how dominant she can be and things like that. Um, she's obviously going to be having her rematch coming up with Kyrie Sane. Uh, if it's not on NXT TV in the next couple of weeks, I would think you'd probably see it at the, uh, the Evolution pay-per-view then. Uh, also saw Oni Lorcan and uh, uh, Danny Burch come back as a tag team. Uh, again, another great tag team. Uh, NXT's tag team division has typically always been very strong. On um, you know these two guys are should be right up there at the top. I know they've had you know some opportunities at the uh, the NXT tag team titles. There, they they've always been to me. I mean, I know they're a great team, but they've always been positioned as kind of a mid card tag team. Which you know, I mean, there has to be mid-card teams no matter what mid-card wrestlers things like that but uh you know hopefully they'll they'll push these guys a little bit little bit higher i mean i would not be opposed to seeing them uh carrying the nxt tag team titles and coming up next week on on nxt a match that i'm really looking forward to seeing is ricochet versus uh pete dunn on a title versus title match the uh, north american title versus the uk title both belts on the line uh, should be a, an amazing match with these two guys. Definitely a contrast in styles. Ricochet, of course, the the high flying, uh, 
just human highlight reel. I know that's kind of cliche, but that's God's honest truth when it comes to Ricochet and Pete Dunne, the uh, the mat technician submission submission guy. You know, always working on the, uh, the joint joint holds and things like that. So it should be a great match. I'm not expecting to see either title change hands though. More than likely, I think we're going to see the undisputed era get involved in some way in this match because Adam Cole wants his hands on both of those titles. So. Uh, I'm looking for this one to end up like a disqualification or no contest, something like that. But the match itself should be fantastic. Uh, 205 Live, I've actually spent a lot of time the last couple weeks catching up on 205 Live. I, I have to be honest, I did not really get into it when they first started it after the Cruiserweight Tournament. But I've spent the last few weeks watching every episode since uh, they introduced Drake Maverick as the GM. And I've got to say, if you're not checking out 205 Live, you need to, especially if you're a fan of wrestling, like the in-ring product. NXT and 205 Live are, are the two best wrestling shows that WWE puts out right now. And that, uh, you know, I'm not saying Raw and SmackDown are bad or anything like that, because they're not. But Raw and SmackDown are more, um, that's, you know, that's the entertainment side of WWE with you know, some some wrestling kind of sprinkled sprinkled in, but it's more Raw and SmackDown are more about advancing the storylines and the entertainment aspect of it. And NXT and 205 Live are the the wrestling shows. And so, if you are a wrestling fan, yeah, you owe it to yourself to to at least check out both of those shows. And uh, next week, I guess WWE's announced 205 Live is moving to Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays, so it's going to be on before NXT, uh, which I think is good. I mean. You know, I don't know uh, how many viewers 205 Live was getting, like, right after SmackDown, you know, trying to get people to switch to the network. This way, it's on right before NXT, you know, so you can watch your 205 Live and go right into NXT. And for the next few weeks, from NXT right into uh, into the Mae Young Classic, so, which uh, is, you know, I'm very impressed with what I've seen so far on uh, on the Mayhem Classic. The first first couple of shows have been great. First uh, was it four matches they've shown so far. You know, all these women are phenomenal athletes. Um, like I said, I have not looked ahead at any spoilers. I know all the matches are already taped and the, the final match is already uh, set up. I have no idea who is in that final match yet. I don't want to know. I want to actually watch the show and enjoy it and not know who's going to win. Uh, and I have done uh, what I said I was going to do last week as far as paying more attention to uh, independence and other things going on in in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, Lucha Underground, like I said, I kind of have to rely on uh, uh, just like summaries that I can find online and uh, highlight videos and things like that. Uh, looks like there was a, a number one contenders match for the Lucha Underground Championship between No Muertes and King Cuerno and then a double disqualification. Uh, but the... Uh, the new owner of Lucha Underground, Antonio Cueto, he, uh, you know, basically came out and said, "I he doesn't uh, he he rewards violence, he doesn't punish it." So he made them both number one contenders. So next week it's going to be a three-way title match with No Muertes, King Cuerno, and uh, Pentagon Jr. for the, uh, the Lucha Underground title. I wish to God I could see it because that's going to be a, a ridiculous match with those three guys. Uh, and apparently Marty the Moth Martinez uh, bribed Antonio Cueto for a shot at the Gift of the Gods title match. And uh, another interesting note, I guess, uh, Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, is uh, kind of 
playing playing a gimmick uh, or a storyline where he's kind of like losing his mind. Apparently, what it sounds like. Like I said, I, I really wish I still had El Rey because I was a was a really big fan of Lucha Underground when I was able to watch it. Uh, Impact Wrestling. You've got the LAX uh, team of LAX Santana Ortiz and Conan with uh, in a rivalry with the. Uh, they're called the OGs, Homicide Hernandez and King. Uh, apparently, there's they're under a ceasefire right now until the Bound for Glory pay-per-view when the two teams will be going at each other. Um, yeah, I've watched this rivalry kind of growing over the last last few weeks since uh, since King brought back Homicide and Hernandez and turned on uh, turned on Conan. And yeah, I mean, Homicide and Hernandez. If you know, I think pretty much anybody who's ever followed Impact. Uh, knows you know their history great one of the one of the great tag teams in, in TNA at least and uh, you know Santana and Ortiz another another great team I would expect these two to have just a phenomenal violent match between these two teams so I may I may actually have to uh, get the uh, the Bound for Glory pay-per-view just to check out that match uh, main event on Impact this week was Austin Aries defending the Impact title against Falaba. Uh, this this match was actually better than I expected it to be. Um, you know, Falaba made a really really good showing for himself. Um, he and Aries both, you know, they made each other look very very good. Um, and of course, at the end of the match, you know, Aries retained the title, had some help from uh, from his from his guys Moose and Killer Cross. Um, you know, at the end of the match, beat down Falaba and uh, and KM. So. You know, typical typical heel champion Austin Aries kind of stuff. It was, you know, Impact I think has uh, has improved quite a bit since they uh, are under new ownership and new management. Uh, I, I like you know the direction they're going. They're showcasing new talent. They're giving guys opportunities. Yeah, and I'm you know a lot of it's out of necessity. They don't have a whole lot of big names anymore, but you know most of these guys are are stepping up and taking the opportunities that are given and they're running with them. And you know I think if they they're you know they're moving moving along slowly but steadily. So I'm hoping you know, you know I'm hoping nothing nothing but the best for Impact because I was a huge Impact fan when they first started up all the way through you know the uh, the Aces and Eight storyline, which I know a lot of people weren't weren't real fond of. I personally liked it. So I'm you know I'm hoping they can get back to the level that they were at because they they never competed with WWE. Let's be honest, but they were moving in a direction where they might have been able to one day, and then things just kind of fell apart. It seemed. So I'm hoping they're they're moving in that right direction again. I don't know if they'll ever get to that level where you could say they're competition for WWE. I, I seriously doubt it. I don't think anyone ever will, just because of the sheer size of the WWE. But you know they're definitely a viable alternative. Um, moving on to MLW, I had a chance to check out their uh, their War Games uh, episode, and I, you know, I loved it. I mean, I've always been a huge fan of the War Games match. Um, yeah, kind of like with NXT, they did not have a top on the cage, and you know, I think that's more for uh, to allow for high spots in the match. Um, but they did use the uh, classic War Games rules, you know, submission, surrender, no pinfalls, things like that. Uh, teams were Tommy Dreamer, John Hennigan, Shane Strickland, uh, Cotto Brazil, and Barrington Hughes versus Sammy Callahan, Jimmy Havoc, Abyss, and the Death Machines. Uh, Tommy Dreamer's team did come out on top. They took the uh, 
took the victory by by submission. Obviously, it's the only way you can win in war games. Uh, Shane Strickland actually didn't get involved in the match. He got attacked while he was on his way to the ring and wasn't able to get in. So I don't know if he um, was injured previously, and that's why they kept him out of it, or or exactly what happened. But he did. So it ended up as actually a five-on-four match. But Tommy Dreamer's team still came out on top. Uh, some other news from MLW. I was reading that uh, Brian Tillman Jr. just signed a three-year deal with MLW. He's going to potentially be going to the uh, the New Japan Dojo to continue his training and get some more experience. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen a little bit of, uh, of Brian Tillman Jr.'s work. And he, you know, he is a spitting image of his father. And he, you know, if he's got even half of the talent of his father, he's going to become a, a great professional wrestler. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where, where his career is going to go. And uh, there have been rumors going around that uh, Pentagon and Phoenix were were going to be uh, signing with WWE potentially, but those rumors seem to have been put to rest because it was. Uh, uh, I read this weekend that they are signed with MLW through 2019, so they're they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, now at the end of those contracts, obviously they they could potentially end up in WWE. I mean WWE would be remiss if they didn't at least try to get these guys signed. I'm sure they'd probably end up on uh, 205 Live, uh, or at least Phoenix would. I'm not sure if Pentagon fits fits the bill as far as the uh, as far as being a cruiserweight. Uh, Phoenix definitely does, but uh, you know, I mean, I think either one of them could hold their own on uh, on Raw or SmackDown as well. But I'm sure they'd probably go to NXT first anyway. So just have to uh, have to see. You know what happens after after 2019 with these two. Uh, moving on to Ring of Honor, this week's show, uh, Jay Lethal uh, was defending the Ring of Honor Championship against Jonathan Gresham in a 30-minute Ironman match. Uh, at the end of the 30 minutes, it was even at one fall apiece. Gresham asked for five more minutes, which he got, and uh, Jay Lethal ended up taking the fall in the five-minute sudden death. So he is still the the uh, ROH World Champion. Uh, there's also a match set up between a uh, six-man tag team match between the, the Briscoe Brothers and Punishment Martinez versus SoCal Uncensored. That's one I definitely have got to see. Uh, that's just going to be, yeah, that, that's going to be one of the, the best six-man matches I think you're going to find anywhere. Uh, and I, I like the fact that Ring of Honor actually has a six-man tag team championship. They're, you know, it's the first uh, American major American promotion to have one since uh, since WCW kind of phased theirs out uh, many, many years ago. But, uh, you know, six-man six tag team wrestling, it's always been, you know, one of, one of my favorite things. I know a lot a lot of people are not fond of the, the multi-man matches like that, you know. But, uh, of course, that's been a, a staple in Mexican wrestling for years. Also in Japanese wrestling, the, uh, the multi-man tag team matches are, are very big over there. Um, I like that the Ring of Honor has, you know, kind of given uh, a place of uh, distinction to to six man tag team wrestling, because that's uh, you know something that that I think was has been missing from American wrestling. And you've got legitimate six man teams like SoCal Uncensored, um, you know, like the uh, the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and, and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's definitely a six man match. I, I'm gonna gonna keep my eye on. And uh, hopefully be able to see it when, uh, whenever that one comes up. And lastly, for New Japan, uh, looks like the uh, the Bullet Club firing squad, which is the the Tongan contingent of the Bullet Club, 
uh, are on a recruiting mission. They've been posting a lot on social media the last couple or the last week or so, I should say, uh, just kind of looking looking for members, asking uh, actually asking fans, you know, for suggestions. Who who do you think should be part of the firing squad and things like that, which is pretty cool. Um, and obviously a big rivalry brew in there between the firing squad and the uh, the, the elite. So uh, hopefully, again, that's that's something I want to see when it uh, finally comes to a head with these guys. So that's all I've got for this week. Hope everybody in, uh, enjoyed their weekend. Hope everybody got a chance to see Hell in a Cell. If not, you know, make sure you watch the replay. It was a, a very good pay-per-view. Um, you know, the... Uh, the, the the ending to me could have been could have been better the ending of the main event but you know I I'm not on the creative team so they I'm sure there's some kind of plan in place as for where they're going to go with this and uh, what Brock Lesnar's involvement is going to be going forward so again hope everybody's enjoying the show uh, remember find the show on Podbean YouTube uh, Spotify iTunes Google Play any place you find your podcast search Catch Hook and Shoot Make sure you're following on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Just search Catch Hook Shoot. And if you want to shoot me an email, you have questions, comments, anything like that, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. And I'm going to sign off for right now. Hope everybody has a good week, and I will talk to you guys soon.